Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Podcast, episode number 440. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we're looking forward to coming out April 28th, 2021. Slash also maybe the queue, because I couldn't find any books that I wanted. Then we followed up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, it's not one of our regular go-to segments, but we're going to be talking about some of our favorites and some of our forgottens. Things that we grew up with that we loved uh, and everyone else seems to love, but then something that everyone else seemed to forget about. A little bit of na-na-na-na nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm milking, <laughs> but I am. You're milking that beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Onto your glass that you're drinking, right, Chris? <laughs> Is it a milk stout? <laughs> it's not. Uh, this oh. is actually something I've had before on the show. Uh, but I saw it on the shelves at my beer store, so I was like, oh, you know what? They have this again. I'm going to grab it because I really enjoyed it the last time. And this is coming from Hidden Springs Ale Works in Tampa, Florida. And this is Capri Sin. Uh, this is their strawberry and kiwi sour ale with lactose. Uh, it's basically a Capri Sun sour. It's delicious. I... This is the last can from the four-pack that I bought the other day. Uh, it's great. I don't have a lot else to say about it because I already had it on the show before, but perfect blending of just those fruit flavors. It tastes like a Capri Sun. Mm. Paul, what are you drinking, bud? I'm drinking the same thing you're drinking, bud. No way! No way! From Saranac Brewery, uh, right down in the uh, the Finger Lakes area of of New York. We got the Clouded Dreams IPA, which is uh, labeled as soft, hazy, juicy, and Indian pale ale. And this is 6.8%. And this is a... Uh, oh, Paul, you forgot your favorite numbers right here. Don't... No, I got no... no there is no number it's there. It's the 43 IBUs. No, that I can I can bust your chops about this because you're not sitting across from me anymore. <laughs> and you're not going to hit me in the head with a beer can. Yeah, I'm not going to throw a beer Son can at you. Son of a bitch. I, for new listeners... I am completely against the international bitter unit. It means nothing to me, the consumer. It is bullshit. I'm what sorry. If you want to know, what if you want to know how bitter your beer is going to be? You look at those IBUs, baby. No, it doesn't tell you that how bitter it is. Remember when we bought a beer called the Hundo because it was 100 IBUs and it wasn't any more or less bitter than a, a beer that we drank that it was just 50 IBUs? Why are you driving me down this road of insanity? It's fun. I'm and just saying we didn't have enjoy. enough energy, and this is making me giddy. <laughs> I'm just trying to enjoy this beer. John, what do you think about the beer? So I can now take a sip because I'm frothy. <laughs> uh, I like it. It's, um, it's, it is. It's a nice, soft beer on the palate. It's got a nice little bitterness on the finish. Uh, it's smooth. I had to slow myself down. I could have just crushed this. Um it's a 12 pack for like 14.99 which is a pretty good price point for it and um it's a nice easy fridge fill kind of beer like you get home and you're gonna mow your yard and put that in the cup holder on your mower and and have a nice day yeah this or is shovel a- put put it in the cup holder on your shovel mm-hmm. or stick it right in the right in the snowbank as you're shoveling no this is a beer that i definitely want i think it will only be good with it being cold I'm a little afraid as it's warming up that it's kind of losing some of that lightness, that brightness. Yeah, then just finish it. Yeah. Um, 
it's more and it's got that bitterness and it's that uh, citrus rind bitterness it's not that resiny pine bitterness which i've been kind of craving recently so it's nice it's decent i'm happy to have a uh another 11 of these right it's a 12 pack yeah good fridge filler especially for that price really good have it nice and chilled and um Man, it's yeah, it is really easy drinking. I could see myself having four of these in a night, unfortunately, and six point eight, so they can be a little trouble. So they'll catch up to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all the beer. Oh that's man, all- when we have the same beer, it's really easy to get through yeah, the beer quick. It's super. Quick. Remember when we remember we used to do it all together the same beer, <laughs> and we used to drink a hell of a lot of beer in an episode. Yeah, but we also we would pour each other. A taster of each, and then it, it wasn't even a full taster. It was like just yeah. a like little paper little cup. And then we would all just split up who liked what, and then we would all have the. Well, the, that was way back when. But yeah. usually, we'd bring a couple. We'd each have several bottles of yeah. different things, and a lot of high octane stuff. We were young and dumb, man. You know, yeah. you're, you're getting all nostalgic for the past. It's like it's a nostalgia episode. What is this? A clip episode of this podcast? Come on. Let's get Hi, to I'm Paul McGowan. This is my first episode of the Bad Podcast. Oh, you sounded like such a little kid, Paul. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, my early 20s. What a, what a time. What a time. But do you know what? It's a great time to be alive because we have some great geek news this week. Uh, and by great, I mean we got a cool trailer. Yeah, Shang-Chi. Uh, we got our, our first final, like, well, first look finally at Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, starring Simu Liu as uh, Shang-Chi. It looks great. Uh, the Ten Rings starring as bracelets. Looks great. <laughs> that's fine. I, I have no issues with that. I guess people are getting upset about that because in the comic books, yeah, the Mandarin has actual alien technology rings and in this one they're like bands on his arms but that's that's fine, fine. like a bracelet's just a bigger ring there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that it's a ring for your for your wrists instead of your fingies yeah <laughs> uh looks awesome <laughs> I, I don't have a lot to say about it because i'm just really happy with everything about this kino's kind of a nice surprise i was hoping we were going to wind up getting something from this soon we also got the first official poster for it as well uh, yeah, looks good. Is that Aquafina? Is the friend? Yes, it is. Yes, she seems like a lot of fun. Seems is she the romantic interest or just friends? Friends being frenzies. It looks like know, frenzies. Why, why do you got to label everything, Paul? Because I want to know. I want to have labels. I want to have expectations so I can be disappointed when my expectations <laughs> aren't met. Spoken like a true <laughs> You've met boy. Me. <laughs> Uh, it would yeah. be fun to see that them just being frenzies and not like having that whole like oh damsel in distress kind of situation. Like when she says we make a great team in the trailer, I hope that they actually are kind of a team. I think that would be fun. I'm sorry, John, I stepped on you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, I have the same feelings as Chris. Just want to, you know, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I watched it on my phone. I came home. I watched it on the big screen just to have that difference um, between the two. And uh, no, I like the way it looks. I like that it it's taking like kung fu action and taking all the elements that have ever been in a kung fu kind of movie and 
you know, you have like the crouching tiger, hidden dragon look where they're fighting that army with a tiger. The uh, battle lions. Uh, and then it has the action set pieces and the dojos and him training and then him fighting um, on the bus and all that stuff. Like, it's cool, you know? It's it's cool that they're capturing all those kind of uh, things within it. It would be kind of funny if Bob Odenkirk was also on that same bus. Because yeah, well, I've only seen that commercial or trailer uh, for nobody, and that's the fight that he has is on the bus. Uh, well, fun fact to kind of tie this into something else that we love and have talked about a lot. Uh, the cinematographer, this is actually Bill Pope, who did uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And then looking at his uh, IMDb page, there's actually a bunch of other stuff that he did that I'm like, oh, I never would have known that. Uh, but he did Baby Driver, the John Favreau Jungle Book remake, The World's End from Edgar Wright, uh, Men in Black 3, we won't talk about that. But he also did Frank Miller's The Spirit, uh, Spider-Man 2 with Sam Raimi, uh, The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions, The Matrix Bedazzled. Hey, the, Paul's favorite yeah, movie. It's, a, it's a good Ren, Brendan Fraser movie. Uh, Army of Darkness, Dark Man. So he's done a lot of stuff with Sam Raimi. Uh, Blank Check, if you're a fan hey. of the 90s, like kid Mr. McIntosh. a ton of money movies. So, uh, he, but he's made some really great looking movies. Uh, I'm just thinking, I could have a pretty good day just marathoning Brendan Fraser movies. Airhead, the Mummy movies. Uh, Blast from the past. Blast from the past. (laughs) Blast from the past. What movie did we just say? A bedazzled. (laughs) That's a good day. George of the Jungle. School ties. I haven't seen School Ties or George of the Jungle. Really, George of the Jungle is a lot of fun. Okay, I mean, it's a lot of fun when you see it when you're like eight. Didn't he also also do a Dudley Do Right movie? (laughs) He did. Guys. He also did that Looney Tunes movie, Paul. Oh, yeah. That, that, the back in, uh, what was it? Back in action. Back in action. Looney Tunes, back in action. That one is apparently really good. Encino Man? Did we mention Encino Man? No, I haven't not. mentioned that. I think that's the right call, though. I think it was the right call not to mention that one. Paul, I think for your birthday, instead of uh, marathoning Star Wars. <laughs> Brendan Fraser marath- Marathon. This is Brendan Fraser movies. Oh, you can oh. hook you can hook it up to your TV lights, and it'll be awesome. <laughs> it'll be so good. Paul, when he squeezes the juice, it's going to be like you're there, buddy. It's it's wheezing the juice, bud. Wheezing the juice. Still, squeeze the juice. I'm pretty sure it's wheezing the juice. Mm. Okay, well, this is a very fun nostalgia trip. Well, but we, we got more take, news to talk about. We should take a pause because I got to get another beer, and we got to. Well, we got more news. We're not out of the news garden yet, guys. Did uh. you see the Sony deal with uh, Disney? They entered into a streaming rights agreement. That's right. You'll be able to watch all the new Sony movies on Disney Plus starting in 2022, but only after the 30 days it comes out of after the theaters where it goes to, you know, rent it from your cable company and then actually goes to Netflix for another 30 days. And then it'll finally come. Oh, it is Wheeze the Juice. Yeah. I thought that was just... Uh, what's the play sure weird? Yeah, that's why you know it's not squeezed the juice, it's wheezing the juice. Yeah. And uh, you don't, no, nobody you, was listening to Paul. 
I was just gonna be like, hey, are you done talking? <laughs> yep, done. We all we all caught up? All caught up. That was the news. So it's gonna go to Netflix Netflix first. Yeah. And then they'll go to Disney Plus. Yeah, exactly. After the thirty days. After, you know, whatever agreement they have with Netflix, I'm assuming thirty days because that's what it seems like it's always like in thirty day regiments. But I could be wrong. But um so, yeah, I think it's a very weird agreement. It only lasts for four years. It's only from 2022 to 2026. We might get... We're supposedly getting the older Spider-Man movies from the Sony Pictures at that point. Um, I'm hoping for some other Columbia movies. You know, like Ghostbusters would be fun to stream on Disney+. Plus. Some of the back catalog. But um, who knows? Who knows? We don't know that which which movies are included in the uh, back catalog yet. And now that Paul's done yapping, uh, let's talk about some other Marvel news with some casting. Uh, Emily Clark and em- Amelia o- Amelia Clark and Olivia Coleman have been cast in Secret Evasion along. Not, not Jenna Coleman. Not Jenna Coleman. Olivia Coleman. We had that problem. Uh, cleared up uh, pre-recording um, are going to be cast alongside uh, Nick Fury and um, Talos and there was some other person who was cast that I don't remember that's supposed to be in Secret Invasion well I don't know if it's been announced but I think it's probably safe to assume that uh, Tayana Paris is going to be appearing again as uh, Monica Rambeau since it was teased yeah. at the end of WandaVision yeah. burns up there um, yeah, and then uh, we got Russell Crowe um, had leaked that he was playing Zeus, God of Thunder, in Thor, Love and Thunder. Ch- what are the chances he just thinks he's going to be Jor-El again, though? <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty badass Jor-El. He, he was, but... He flew, flew on some of the creatures from Avatar. He... <laughs> Shot people with a laser gun. Yeah, uh, I'm not looking forward to a DC cinematic universe <laughs> retrospective, guys. Um, you I'm haven't like, even seen half the movies. Yeah, I've seen them all. What's that tell you? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm okay with this because we were talking pre-show and we all come to the table with our new stories, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were like supposing what this is actually going to be, if you want to tell the dear listeners what you said. Well, I said, you know, could he be playing old man Thor because it's, um, it's, it's the God killer story. And then Paul was like, well, he could be Zeus and the God killer, uh, kills him. Like he could be on screen for like five minutes or less and Mm -hmm. get killed. It's a backstory of Gore. You got to see Gore kill gods to be the god killer. So, yeah, he's playing Zeus. The ancient Greeks, Greek uh, gods, always seem to be the cannon fodder for all comic book movies. Like, think of the New Gods series of movies, or comic books. The Greek gods are always dying left and right in that. Same with Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, they're always showing up at the Anna Prince's door being like, uh, we're dying. The ancient gods, we're, we're, we're dying. And this is very much in line with what Taika Waititi's done even before in something like Thor Ragnarok, where you have 
big name actors appearing for just three seconds at the beginning of the movie. And then that's it. They don't come back again. I mean, we had Matt Damon and Sam Neill, like portraying famous Asgardians as actors. And then that's it. And then supposedly and, Matt Damon coming back again. For yeah. This one. Uh, so Sam Neill. So is um, Chris Hemsworth brother to play Thor and Melissa McCarthy cast to play Helena. Hello? Hello. Thank you. You're welcome. What a long day. I was like, I was like I, and I kicked into my chemical romance mode because I'm just an emo kid. Hmm. For whatever reason, I was in a weird emo like uh, thing and I played like, I just had with my new television, like being all shiny and new. Um, I was playing a bunch of old pop, pop punk, you know, yellow card, the only one like uh, that uh, no, I miss you from Link 182. Uh, but only new. one song from each band, right? Yeah, Paul, because that's all you would ever buy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but on YouTube, so I could watch whatever. Oh, but. yeah, then it just loops it. Uh, any Taking Back Sunday? No, Dashboard Confessional, Ooh. though. Okay, yeah. that works. Vindicated. Um, that's a good one. And uh, Spider-Man Two soundtrack. Right. And reason to believe. Nostalgia, guys. Nostalgia. Uh, and speaking on our nostalgia kick, guys, if you were a fan of early 2000s Pepsi uh, spinoff limited release brands, we're getting Pepsi Blue back. Because no, everybody no, cares didn't about ask Trust me. <laughs> nobody I think I, I think I drank it once. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Mountain, the Blue Mountain Dew, I think it's called Voltage, is reminiscent of it, but it's not... A hundred percent. This is definitely something that I'm going to, I see at the store, I'm going to pick it up. I'll have it when I'm sitting around playing games or reading comics or something. Um, I mean, it's probably not as good for me as the beer that I drink when I normally do that, but mm-hmm. I'm okay with this. Uh, recently, Doritos also put out a revamped version of their 3Ds, uh, completely different flavors from what they had before. And they're not like they used to be. These ones are more just like malformed bugles. Oh. With different mm. seasoning on it. They're still good, but they're not that kind of like puffy yeah. crispy. It's more just like a like a bugle that's kind of flattened. That's that's kinda of lame. That makes me very worried about Pepsi Blue. Because uh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I feel like Pepsi Blue is gonna be easier to replicate than Yeah, it's just a recipe that they mix syrup and flavors. Yeah, yeah, but they had a, the recipe saved on a form. on a floppy disk. A three, Three three and a half inch floppy disk, guys. Can't even read that anymore. Nobody has a three uh, floppy disk reader. There's there's got to be some sort of thing that will connect into a USB so you can access your three megabytes of data. I don't even remember how much is on. I I just like that. There's just some guy with a big notebook that's like the blue one. <laughs> Licks his fingers. <laughs> I got Pepsi Max. No? <laughs> no? Oh. Far back I go is Pepsi Max. Well, I got the, I mean, the last page here says Pepsi Mango. No, that was a flop. It's it's still out. No? Oh. I, Did you I guys see that? I do like a lot of the different Coca-Cola ones that they're doing now. Like the orange vanilla that they had a couple months ago is actually pretty good. Dr. Pepper's got a bunch out, too. There's like a vanilla... Dr. Pepper, and I'm like, wasn't that one of the flavors that they already have in Dr. Pepper? Oh, actually, it's, it's good. 
cherry there's a cherry one and then there's one that's like half cream ale half uh dr pepper i think i don't know i walk by pop displays all the time and i kind of glance at them yeah all i know is there was a pepsi peeps combo that was out but pepsi flavored like peeps that was up for uh, Easter, but you could only get it if you won like a Twitter contest. Like they only produced like three thousand of them, three thousand like six packs or something. Look I don't for like that peeps. to be coming back in thirty years, kind of like they did with Crystal Pepsi. Oh, see Crystal Pepsi. I remember Crystal Pepsi, and I think I only ever got that at the like Wilson Farms that was across the street from a school uh, back in the day from the fountain. Because fountain drinks are better than bottle or can. Hmm. I'd say yeah. So I would agree. But you know what are you drinking now? Is that better than a fountain drink? Mm. No. no. <laughs> it's not it's not good at all. Uh Paul and I are both drinking from Blue Point Brewing, because this is a nostalgia episode. We got our Saranac, we got our Blue Point. Uh this is their spectral haze. This is a six and a half percent. It says juicy, pillowy, a new reality. And no, no, it's not. It's I don't. It doesn't have that same kind of nice bitterness at the back end as the Saranac. It's malty. It's got a little, yeah, maybe a little malt. It's still got a haze, but it's that kind of. It's just obfuscated. It's not hazy. It's just. Yeah, I, I don't know how to. It's it's still got a lot of light like, coming through. It's, Paul, how many IBUs is it? Look at the can. Oh, mm, it has it like, that, does that's it my potion straw? that turns me into uh, Mister Hyde, right? Like when you mention IBUs, you know, it doesn't say IBUs on the can, but it does have uh, the latitude and longitude. Thank goodness. At least they respect right. me as a customer, not to put yes uh, numbers on their can. But Chris, when you go talk about yours, I'm going to throw this beer out and get a different one. Yeah. Well, I guess that just means John doesn't want to hear about my beer, so... Uh, I'm happy. Whatever. Oh, this is a weed ale. This is a weeded IPA. It contains wheat. So weird. Most, uh, there's usually barley and wheat in okay. all New England beers. Makes That's what gives it the haze. Ease. Okay. Oh, John, I see you stuck around. It's because I shamed you. So, Chris, what are you drinking, bud? Uh, no, I thought it was you're doing another recap of a beer you previously had. Is this no, a new beer? This is this is a new beer. Oh, uh, wow. And this is a limited release from Abita out of Ooh. New Orleans, Louisiana. I know New Orleans. <laughs> no. Aren't uh, you glad I stuck around? <laughs> <laughs> my my fault. Uh, and this is their Doberge chocolate cake stout. And I don't know what a Doberge cake is, so I actually looked it up. And it's a New Orleans uh, dessert, and it's actually just cake layered with pudding oh. and then buttercream over it. Um, and this is a cake stout brewed with cocoa nibs and vanilla. And I can definitely get the... The reference that they're making with this. If you've ever had the Boulevard chocolate stout, this is like that, except a little bit sweeter. It's not so much of like that dark chocolate malt. That bit of vanilla lightens it up a lot. I really enjoy this. I had one of these the other night after I 
got home from the beer store just to try it, and I enjoyed it, but I just had it while I was watching stuff. I didn't check into it on Untapped because it was still a little bit warm at that point, but this is fantastic. It's been a while since I've bought anything from a Beta that wasn't like a Purple Haze. If I was out somewhere and you look at their craft beer menu and they have five things on it, and it's like, oh, Purple Haze, okay, give me one of those. Uh, this is solid. I don't remember the last time I actually had a dark beer from Abita. Yeah. I, I don't They know. were doing those bomber bottle barrel-aged beers while I was still dating Caitlin. And they, I think I tried one or two of them and they just weren't good. So I know I've had a lot of stuff from them, especially after I moved down here and I was able to find more stuff like readily available. I mean, it's two states away, but... Even then, I think a lot of it was still just wheat ales, IPAs, things like that. So, I think this might be the first stout I've had from them. And if this is a sign of what they can do, I'd like to see them do more dessert stouts. Because this is this is delightful. Uh, I have no qualms having picked up a six-pack of this. Because I will gladly drink the, the next four that I got sitting over there. I, I am very interested in trying that beer. I am actually more interested in trying that pudding cake. Because I, mean, I do love a good 4th of July jello cake. Because I guess if you want to like get like some sort of reasonable facsimile of it, I guess just get like a Boston cream donut. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's cake, pudding, and chocolate. Like, that's basically, like, if you look up a picture of the Doberge cake, uh, D-O-B-E-R-G-E, it's, it basically just kind of looks like a Boston cream donut. But, yeah, this is, this is delightful. Boston cream pie, which is actually a cake. And cheesecake, which is actually a pie. We can talk about that we live, later. We live in strange times. And what we're looking forward to. Much like... The comic books we're looking forward to coming out April 28th, day before my birthday. 2021! John, day before your birthday, what are you picking up, birthday boy? Uh, I'm not picking up anything because I didn't see any books and I went to my wish list on Comixology and I didn't really see anything. But you know what I'm looking forward to? It's coming out this coming weekend. Uh, Mortal Kombat, the motion picture. What? Uh, no, that already came out back when we were kids. This is the nostalgia this, episode. This, this is the new one. Uh, I did see that they put out the opening scene online to watch, where it's like the first seven minutes that takes place yeah. in the past. I haven't checked it out yet, though. Uh, I didn't want to, because I'm going to watch it this weekend. <laughs> oh, because you have HBO Max. So you can see it just because you can see it. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I actually I said to Caitlin, I said this weekend, do you want to watch Mortal Kombat? And she's like, except he movie? didn't say it that way. He said Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, but I said uh, there's a there's a new movie, and she's like, there is. Yeah, and I was like, do you want to watch the trailer? She's like, yeah. We watched it, and she was like, yeah, I'd watch that. So. That's our plan for this weekend. There you go. It's a good plan. I'm going to teach my I'm going to teach my son how to freeze arms and then rip them off. That'd be pretty cool if you could teach him how to do that. I mean, he's already mastered the babality. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's a baby. Yeah. He's not a baby. He's a toddler. But he's for toddler. the for the sake of the joke, he's a baby. Yeah. Hey, he just started watching Ninja Turtles, and he loves them. And he runs around with a sword and cracks me in the shin. So, if if Olivia Coleman is an older actress, John's my son, son is, is a baby. A baby. John know how age works. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to a comic book. I have some Olivia Coleman is no spring chicken. My son, <laughs> spring chicken. Just saying. Yeah, he's a baby. It's a baby. How old how old's your son? He's two. Yeah, baby. He calls it he says he says I'm Baby Shark Grayson, you know? Yeah. And he calls me Daddy Shark and uh, Caitlin Mommy Shark, so, you know. There you go. Because the baby on Dinosaur was still a baby when he was two. Baby Sinclair. I don't like this pop art either. Well, don't spoil it, A toddler's considered one to three. (laughs) I gotta spoil my pick. It's between Fantastic Four, number 31, X-Men Legacy, number three, and Action Comics, number 1,030. I'm going to go with Action Comics. This is uh, Superman uh, starting starting a new story arc called War World Rising. And uh, this is bringing out of death metal, which I'm not interested in at all. But hopefully it doesn't really deal with death metal. And we can just see him, Superman battling some War World battleships. Um, and this is being written by Becky Cloonan. Hey, and what, with Philip Kennedy and Michael Conrad, but I'm not sure who's writing what because there's also a Midnighter story backup. So, and the comic book site that I'm on isn't good about splitting up who's writing what. But if that doesn't matter, I'm excited to see Becky Cloonan getting some art. Credits. I wish she was still doing some art, uh, some writing credits. I wish she was still doing some art uh, as well, but I'm sure she is somewhere. Um, this looks fun. This and I really like the uh, cover here. And the cover was done by cover artist colorist. Oh, Hi-Fi. Okay, colorist cover artist. So whoever Hi-Fi Hi-Fi is, good for them. Chris, what book are you? Uh, I'm looking forward to someone that would probably be looking forward to the Mortal Kombat movie, as well as the actual tournament itself, because this is Robin number one coming out from DC Comics. Uh, this is the Damian Wayne Robin, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Gelb Malkinoff. Damian Wayne hasn't been present in many of the Bat Family books that I read recently, They haven't really addressed where he's been, but solicitation for this issue says, After learning about the deadly League of Lazarus tournament, Damian Wayne has a new mission, to win the tournament and prove he is the greatest fighter in the DC Universe. But first he must find the secret island where the tournament is being held. Mandripoor. It's probably probably Mandripoor or the Mortal Kombat island. Those are the only two islands in the world. No, there's this island of secret villains. Remember that from uh, 52? Oh, yeah, we're like, Egghead was there. The egg guy, yeah, egg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, Dr. Morrow was there. Yeah, that, that's, that's, okay, that's the third island. island. Would have that that's the three islands. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know, Paul, you're not a big fan of Damian Wayne. Nope. I like him in short bursts. I did enjoy the Super Sons issue that we read by Pete Tomasi. Uh, you know, picking this up for the April look back, April's not a big comic buying month for me. I only have a few other number ones that I'm going to be buying, so this just makes it an even three, so I at least have something to to bring to the review table. Uh, will I keep up on it? Probably not. Well, right. you know, I, it's going to be good just to check in with this character. Love him or hate him. Like, he's he's kind of earned his bizarre spot into that family. Yeah, I just feel like Damian Wayne was around to tell one story. And when the story was done, when he died that first time, his story was over. And unfortunately, with comic books, nobody's story can ever be over. And yeah, I just feel like he well, also, he was created by Grant Morrison, yeah. who wants to just have every story be a, based off of a different story that continues on, because stories aren't real. They're proliferations of dreams from aliens in the fifth dimension that we smoke. <laughs> no, I think Grant Morrison actually said, well, that, Grant Morrison could have said that, and he, Grant Morrison, Red Sox Grant Morrison said that stories are more real than he is himself because stories will outlive him and have a greater impact on more people than he personally will have on the world but as the storyteller he gives birth to them so doesn't that no he's just a conduit he is just the conduit from which the stories are told He, he doesn't even believe he is a storyteller. He's just... It's Graham Morrison, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. you try to keep up, and he's five moves ahead. I know, but that's the thing. I try not to keep up with Grant Morrison, which is why I'll be buying this book, and I didn't buy Green Lantern or Green Lantern Season 2. Yeah. You know what? I guess we're not nostalgic for Green uh, for Grant Morrison stories. But, no, and but I, hey, you know what? Spoilers, I did enjoy the first Green Lantern issue after he wasn't on that book anymore, so <laughs> there's that. Know what I like. Uh. And is what you like dramatic readings, Chris? No, nope. we're not supposed to mention the dramatic reading. It's just supposed we, to happen. We can do it, or we don't do it. Like, we do both of them. I don't know how many times, uh, you guys want to do uh, the next beer? Oh, we always do the dramatic reading. And then it's like, oh, you guys want to do dramatic reading? No, we do the next beer. Yeah, and, so, and that, I cut that out. And now, a dramatic reading. From Umbrella Academy, Volume 1, Page 60, Panel 4. You have to pull it together. I need you. Space! And that... Was a dramatic reading from Umbrella Academy, Volume One, Page Sixty, Panel Four. They said when we're getting the next season of Umbrella Academy yet. Has anyone seen anything about that? I believe they're filming it now, or they just finished filming it. Because I dig that show a lot. Yeah, the show's very good. I kind of wish you you had space like uh, Tim Curry from Command and Conquer Three. I've never played any of the Command Conquer games. He goes spars. I shall go where co- capitalism hasn't corrupted the the system. Spars. Oh, that boy! So good. 
I love me some Tim Curry. You know what isn't good? Uh, Pop art from uh, Brooklyn? I know, and I have five more of these beers as well. This is uh, from Brooklyn. Chris uh, Chris is going to go, and that's fine. This is a tropical, hoppy Brooklyn Pop Art Hazy IPA. I think they're just putting Hazy IPA on all of the beers that they're just kind of like producing. They're like, is this good? No. Let's just slap Hazy IPA on it and put it out anyways. Uh, and I can't play the people. can. The can looks nice. Yeah. And the can and the packaging has been selling. And I think it's selling just because of the look of that pop art it's, look. It's light. It's light. It's a little ghosty. There's no real bitterness to it. It's it's an easy drinking beer, but it's almost chalky in its, in its, it's flavor. You know what I'm eating? Johnny, you no longer have this. You drink it. You drink like a couple sips of it, and it's like I'm tossing it. John has a stock fridge. I do not right now. So I'm going to drink this, dear listeners. Uh, and John has picked something else up. Uh, yeah, I would say power rankings. There's only one to pick, and that's the Saranac Clouded Dreams. The Saranac? Go ahead, do it. I think they nailed it. Yeah. It was great. 14 bucks for a 12-pack. That's a little over a dollar per. Go after it, man. Uh, skip the Blue Point. Skip the Brooklyn. Um, get, for what I paid, get two of the uh, Clouded Dreams 12-packs, <laughs> and you'll be fine. Like, I'm not... I'm more upset with the Blue Point than I am with the Brooklyn. The Brooklyn, I'm not really that mad at. It's the only beer easy. I've ever had, the only beer I've ever had from them that I love is Sriracha mm-hmm. Ace, and they don't make it anymore. I do like the black, black chocolate stout. Black, black chocolate's okay, but it's not like I'd rather have that age than. Oh yeah, you age. Yeah. You put a couple of years on that black chocolate stout, it is so good, <laughs> so smooth. Uh, but I did open up. Uh, I, it's been calling my name. I had to open it up, and I was like, I didn't finish that blue point. I'm not going to finish this. I'm going to crack open this 11.2% uh, Founders beer. And, uh, Chris, when you lived by Founders, did you ever have their Nemesis barley wine? I believe so, because it sounds familiar. Hold, please. <laughs> no, Chris, you're thinking of the Resident Evil video game. Stars. Wait, was um, that the Tyrant? I don't know. I can't. I think that was. The I nemesis. never played Resident Evil Nemesis. <laughs> I, I love you and I hate you at the same time. I, I don't know how you do it to me, but it's like it swells of love and then it pops and it's just like, hmm, Paul. Uh, but this is from Founders Bottle Shop series. These are limited runs of beers that they pretty much only produce at the brewery. Um, so they have done Nemesis, which is a barley wine, which is like wow. as black as Paul's soul. <laughs> or as black as a space in Star a Star Trek Nemesis, a movie I haven't seen. <laughs> uh, but this is a barley wine beer brewed with roasted malts uh, with a shortage of hops. And um, this is like you'd mixed... A really good barley wine with a really good roasty, like, stout or porter. And it's so smooth. Like, 
One thing founders can do is hide that 11%. Mm-hmm. I've never really had a founder's beer where I'm like, wow, that's really boozy. This thing just is so smooth. It, I mean, it drinks like having a nice coffee where you could just pound it. Like, it's so, it's so good. What was Bulk Cutter? Was Bulk Cutter a barley wine? Yep. It was a barley wine. I really enjoyed that, and I love that story. Second favorite business almost going under and then not going under next to the FedEx story. Yeah. So I I did crack another beer because I forgot I had one in there. Ooh. Um, didn't have it on the show last week, but I did talk to you guys about it a little bit. Last week, I picked up a Schoferhofer variant. Uh, Schoferhofer, known for their grapefruit Hefeweizen, that's becoming a little bit more readily available, but most notably known for being the grapefruit beer that you can get in the Germany Pavilion at Epcot. Last week, I picked up a passion fruit version of it, which I wasn't wowed by. If it was something I had just had only having the regular version like the grapefruit Schoferhofer, I would be like, oh, this is really good because it was something new and different. But having the pomegranate one just kind of makes it not as good because grapefruit, pomegranate, nothing wrong with them. Uh, when I went to the beer store the other day, they actually had the pomegranate available. So, of course, we picked up six-pack of that. And drinking this again, it's like, yes, I'm right. The passion fruit is not up to this level. It's not up to the level of just the regular grapefruit one. Um, I appreciate the fact that they're trying some different stuff. Maybe passion fruit's not the way to go. It's just a weird kind of like pungent tropical fruit. Like when I first opened it up, I took a sip and I was like, this kind of has like an armpittiness to it. I Every time I see passion fruit, it's like it's either going to taste like armpit or it'll be good. It's a it's a type a type wire walk that that does. It's the same thing with coconut. Like it's either going to be a really good coconut or it's going to taste like suntan lotion. Passion fruit. I'm going to say like eighty percent of the time is going to have that armpittiness. I think I really only like passion fruit if it's in some sort of juice blend. Like when it's with other stuff, like. Mm-hmm pineapple and guava like it just kind of masks that then i think it's okay um but yeah john i know you can get this in your area it just came in yeah uh if you see the pomegranate schoferhofer on your shelves treat yourself to a six-pack of it because it's just such a great like fruity little bit of tart refreshing beer like it's absolutely fantastic pineapple Uh, schoferhofer Ooh. I'm thinking I have to make a Mai Tai with that, right? Pomegranate. Oh, pomegranate. Oh. <laughs> Where did you get pineapple from? <laughs> I thought you were, like, waxing about hmm, They could do that. I mean, that Ooh, would probably be pretty good. A too. pineapple shofar offer would be even better than pomegranate. <laughs> it would be definitely better than the passion fruit. But, yeah, uh, pomegranate is still, like, my favorite variant of it. Um, if you put both the grapefruit and the pomegranate in front of me, I'm probably going to pick the pomegranate one, even though it's like the grapefruit one's available year-round. I think Schoferhofer, it's one of my favorites, but I think i got to just give it to the pomegranate one. I think it's just a little bit better. See, I'm not... Just a little bit. I think it's okay. Like, I would... 
nine, 10 out of 10 times, I would probably take the grapefruit over the pomegranate. Really? Like it just doesn't do it. It just didn't do it for me. Um, but I will say Polliner, another German brewery, they just put out a grapefruit Radler and it's delicious. I think it's better than Schoferhofer. Really? Yeah. Uh, four pack, uh, tall boy cans too, for like five ninety nine. Uh, when I got the passion fruit Schoferhofer, Yanni also picked up a bottle of, uh, Potosi's Rosa Stiefel, which is their grapefruit Hefeweizen. And having that, I was like, okay, this would be a good stand-in for Schoferhofer if I couldn't get it. Like, I could see having that being like, oh, this is fantastic. But then it's kind of like Parks and Rec where they're having the burger cook-off, mm. where uh, Chris Traeger's like, oh, this is a turkey burger on artisanal bread. And everyone's like, oh, yes, the umami, mm, it's fantastic. But then Ron Swan's like, yeah, this is a burger. Like, it's just... You can put mustard and ketchup on it if you want. Yeah. Mm. Comparing the two of them, like, yeah, until you have the other one, it's great. But as soon as you have just the regular show for offer, like, oh, yeah, this is so much better. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into this main topic, Yeah, I don't boys. know how to segue it over. So this was something I had put on our show notes. We've been segueing it the whole episode with a nostalgia. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't feed off of, like, the beer talk so much. But this is something I had on our show notes for a while, just as something to have in the hopper when it came time to pick a topic for an episode. And this is our favorites versus the Forgottens. Uh, example that I gave prior to our recording, just so everyone's on the same page, is, hey, everybody loves the Power Rangers. Everyone can talk about Power Rangers. But you know what I miss? Masked Rider, a.k.a. Common Rider, in Japan. That one's mostly been forgotten. Came out, you know, almost the same time, maybe like a year after Power Rangers kind of broke big with like the Super Sentai series in America. But there's so many of these franchises that come out and they kind of ride the coattails of the one that broke big that people just kind of forget about, but I think they're still worthwhile additions to our pop culture lexicon, even if maybe you're the only person that remembers it. And I think everybody has something like this. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to start it off. I'll start it off just because I know you guys will then jump on me and be like, no, Paul, you're wrong. This is awful. Uh, It's the PBS it's going to be Mortal Kombat and that Saturday. <laughs> and the PBS fight show. Yeah, I was just going to do that. <laughs> Why are we on the same wavelength with that? I, we've already talked about that on previous episodes. I don't remember. Paul, what's that one called? Because you're the only person I know that actually watched it. <laughs> it was like the Legends of... I don't even remember it right now because I didn't pick it. Because I figured we'd already talked about it, so I won't pick that one. You guys can look it up. It was like the Legends of... like. Sean something. I just don't know what it was called. So, Legends of the Martial Arts Masters? Yeah, Legends of the Martial Arts Masters. That's it. Something like that. Wait, no, that's an actual book. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, everybody re- remembers uh, Xenon, uh, Xena, the warrior princess, not Xenon, the girl from the... I remember Xenon, though. <laughs> yeah, the girl from the tw- uh, 21st century. But- WMAC Masters, that's Z- what it was. What was it? 
WMAC Masters. Uh, World Martial Arts Masters? Yeah. Uh, World Martial Arts Council Masters, uh, yeah. That was fun. It was fun because they earned badges. They had to defeat each other and they earned, like, bad- it was good. It was a good show. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> For a kid, that was a great show. But everybody remembers Hercules, the legend, uh, legendary journeys. Xena, the warrior princess. But nobody remembers the Canadian action-adventure fantasy television show that was on between 1996 and 1998. Yes, when I was a 13-slash-14-year-old boy. Uh, the Adventures of Sinbad. I remember this being a show, but I don't think I ever actually uh, watched it. I really enjoyed this. This is... Sinbad, but he like meets up with a weird. Uh, he's hanging out with his brother, uh, Dubar, and um, there's a scientist guy that's in the show, and then there's this meet warrior that's aw- that's awesome at throwing knives, and they met meet up randomly with a Celtic sorceress. That's right, a red haired sorceress. So therefore, she has to be Celtic, Maeve. Who's fiery, not only in her hair color, but also personality. And uh, they get off to a rocky start, but they end up, uh, you know, becoming soulmates later on. And they're being hunted by a evil sorceress, Rumina, Rumina, who, uh, as a 13-year-old boy, I was crushing on pretty hard. Dark sorceress, who, who wouldn't fall in love? Uh, and she was played by Julianne Morris, uh, who who is uh, hasn't really been in anything other than the show. But uh, this is the Adventures of Sinbad, and it gets kind of crazy. He actually battles Scratch, aka Bevel. It only ran for two seasons, but I remember really liking the show and like reading fanfic about it because it got canceled. Like, this is early days of the internet, early days of fan fiction. I was all in. So I'm, I'm looking up this woman that stole Paul's heart. Oh, yeah, she's cute. Yeah. <laughs> she's an older actress now. She's 1960. Yeah, born in 1968. So she's 52. She's a little bit older. But back, back then. No spring chicken. She was a younger actress. But. She's not a toddler either. <laughs> not no. a toddler. And not a babe. Not a baby. But yeah, no, I I really enjoyed this. This was in that same vein as Hercules in Xena uh Xena. But for whatever reason I really like Dunbar Dubar and Sinbad. Everybody like just had the likability. There was a hawk on the show that he had a telepathic link with Maeve. Uh it, it was great. It was just a lot of fun. So you had a little bit of Beastmaster with the hawk, like being able to talk to people. I did enjoy Beastmaster. And uh, the the movies and the TV show. And so this is, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed the syndicate, all syndicated, you know, just went right to syndication. Um, do you guys remember the show at all? Am I... I vaguely remember it. I think I might have watched like 15, 20 minutes of it, but it was nothing that stayed on in my 
home. But did you guys See, watch even, Hercules and or Xena as well? I will yeah. say, I watched, I watched Jack, Jack of Trades, baby. <laughs> uh, well, I watched... I watched Jack of Trades because it was Bruce Campbell, and I also enjoyed Briscoe County Jr. Hercules and Xena, I would watch if they were on when I was flipping through. It was like 3 o'clock on TBS on a Sunday afternoon. I'd be like, oh, Hercules is on. And then after that, it's like, oh, I I might as well watch Xena too. I never continuously watched like any of these shows. And when I say these shows, I mean like any of the stuff that we've talked about. Cheap cheap syndicated shows mm-hmm. yeah like probably filmed in new zealand like it's all stuff that i was a- aware of those two shows were filmed in new zealand adventures of sinbad filmed in canada i'm reading the uh wikipedia <laughs> I <wouldn't>. <laughs> <laughs> interesting choices uh i i always enjoyed the style show but i didn't like subscribe to them yeah, so we're doing our forgotten show first. Well, this is the forgotten versus yeah, your the favorites and favorite. your forgotten. Oh, yeah. So, oh, I thought we were picking like, hey, these are the favorites. This is the forgotten one I liked. Yeah. And so that's what I set up with yeah. Hercules and Xena. Yeah, you don't you don't need to talk about Hercules and Xena because everybody knows it. Okay. So I did a right. Yes. Okay. Thank goodness. John, do you do you need to reevaluate your? No, your no, 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 okay. no, no. Uh. Because I was a huge He-Man and G.I. Joe fan, He-Man. which everybody knows those, uh, the forgotten show that I loved was Brave Star. Uh, this is coming I out. I that one as well. Did you? Uh, very short-lived. It was only like one season, like 65 episodes. And this was coming from Mattel and um, uh, F- Funmation. What was uh Funimation. Funimation. And so they did everything wrong with the launch of Brave Star. Uh, They launched the toy line in December, right before Christmas, and then launched the TV show 10 months later. (laughs) So there was no reason for kids to want to buy the toys. Um, And I had, like, I had uh, Brave Star and his horse 3030 which I continue to play with with my other toys forever, even though it was like 10 times bigger than all the other ones. Uh, Wait, was the horse's I, name Dirty 30? 30 30. Oh, 3030. Three, zero. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which was like a horse he could ride, and then all of a sudden he'd get off of it and it'd stand up on its back legs and have a shotgun. And <laughs> it, was a, it was like, it was, it was a walking, talking dude then, too. Uh, but it was like it was I just remember it being really cool, very kind of like um a lot darker than He Man. There was never real bright stuff. They were on was, the planet. He was like a sheriff. Space Western too. It was and a he space could, like, western. Tap into like Native American alien powers where he'd be like strength of a bear. And then yeah. it would just be him, but he would have like bear strength. <laughs> yeah. And he had like speed of the cheetah and stuff like that. Uh, and then, um, his villain was, uh, Hex Tex, who had a, like a big handle, handlebar mustache and purple skin and could shoot like electricity out its fingers. It was just a really interesting, different show, you know, like there's Silver Hawks and those kind of shows, but. Oh, just you wait. 
this one this one was like different and i legit really really enjoyed it and like i think the reason it always stayed with me is because i had that toy for years that i would continue to play with even though i didn't have any of the other action figures with that toy line i just had lone star and 3030 you had an imagination where you could write your own stories with that toy yeah in a cool like quick draw ability so he could like pull his gun out and shoot you and he had a cool laser gun that was like uh johnny say it's weird that you know Braystar would ride on 3030s back but he used to give me pigger back rides all the time well no i would be walking and you would jump on me yeah and, and then i'd just spin you around so you almost threw up and throw you on the ground yeah that was called the gamma spin it's mm. called the gamma spin still worked <laughs> <laughs> Still got me to where I needed to go. Which was yeah, the ground. ground. <laughs> I was going to throw up anyways, guys. He just yep. helped me along. I had a bad, bad gallbladder. Who knew? Chris, uh, what's yes, what so, your pick? John, you actually mentioned mine because I grew up loving Thundercats so much. I would watch the cartoon every afternoon when I get home from school. I had the plastic light-up sort of Thundera that I would run around my backyard yelling Thundercats ho. Uh, And then a year or so after Thundercats came out, there was like a pseudo sequel spinoff series called Silverhawks that actually focused on humans that became bird inspired space police. Yeah. I've never seen it. It's bizarre. It didn't last that long, but Again, this was very much in the 1980s where everything was thought of as selling toys and then you build the the TV show around it. So they had an idea for these heroes and then their villains, which were called like the Monstars before Space Jam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just remember having the action figures and they were just like this really... Like just cheap, like hollow plastic. And then they weren't really action figures because you couldn't really pose them too much because they all had the same kind of action pose where you would squeeze the legs and then the arms would pop up and the arms would be attached to the legs by like a cloth wing because that was their thing. They would fly through space on their silver hawk wings. Uh, This was true unless you got bluegrass Bluegrass was, was the, the coolest fucking one, too, because he was a who, space cowboy that played a banjo. Yeah, and he flew the plane that they would launch from. Uh, and I know this because I had the bluegrass toy. No, he was he was the coolest one. There was, like, the little gold kid. I don't even remember his name, but he was annoying. No, and, I, <laughs> again, this was from the time with, like, Voltron, where you had to have the annoying little kid sidekick with, like, glasses. Yeah, yeah. The, the pilot of the uh, Green Line. I don't even remember his name. Pip. Mm, yeah, maybe. I used to love Voltron. Yeah. Not one of my picks, though. So I, I have not researched it. But Silverhawks was just one of those things that just it hit at the exact right time when I was in those formulative like kid years where I was obsessed with Thundercats. So obviously, whatever came on TV after that. I'm also going to be obsessed with. And it happened with He-Man, too, because love me some He-Man, and then, by proxy, oh, yeah, She-Ra's on right after that. Like, I'm going to watch me some She-Ra. Like, I don't care that that was, like, the girl one. Like, 
Yeah. You got people adventuring in a fantasy universe. Sign me up. And then same thing with Silverhawks. You have weird people fighting alien monsters out in space while they're wearing like silver and like cobalt blue like space super suits that let them fly. Like, yeah, that's that's dope. Yeah. And same thing with Brave Star. It was the the same same kind of thing. Grotesque uh, villains and really handsome Native American dude who kicked ass. Paul, do you have another one? Uh, everybody remembers the PBS WMAC show. Masters. Everyone remembers it. Just <laughs> talked about it. Everybody remembers the PBS show, uh, a game show, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Does anybody remember Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? The animated the short- show. Part of the Fox cartoon Saturday night, uh, Saturday morning lineup. I do, because it was two kids that yep. had joined Shush somehow. Yep. I don't remember the logistics of it, but I remember watching it. It was produced by DIC uh, Productions, and it aired from 1994 to 1999. And I just really enjoyed the show. Like, uh, I also had, you know, the video games, one for the computer, the Amiga 2000. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? And one for the Sega Master System. Uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? So I was all in on the Sandy uh, Carmen San Diego franchise. Like you so, call, Paul, this, you love her. You can call her Sandy. Yeah. Oh, she she is not only an international a thief who stole priceless artifacts. She has also stolen my heart. <laughs> and Kate knows this because I was. You know, when he, when a woman puts her hair over one eye, Ooh, it is, you got I am it. like, uh, I'm like, uh, Gomez Adams when Morticia speaks French. It's Academia. How did you crazy. feel about Dr. Blight from Captain Planet? Cause her hair covered oh, half yeah, of her yeah, face, yeah. but oh, she was yeah, also so horribly like radiation burn scarred. Uh, yes. It's, it's, she's like the Phantom of the Opera. She's no, there inside your mind. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do any more. Otherwise, I have to pay Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I'm not going to fucking do that. Don't pay for that guy. No, I enjoyed this cartoon series. It was on for four seasons. Uh, it was probably the television show. Everybody's like, oh, X-Men's over. Everything else is over. This is the educational one. And people would click off, and I'm like, oh boy, it's the educational one. <laughs> so, initially, Paul, I thought you were going to be going to the PBS like game show, like you said. No, everybody knows where, that one. Everybody loves started, that one. That's they started where in the world, but then they started doing like where in time, and I was like, oh, at that point, like it was too big. Like I could not remember years. Yeah. I still remember years. We were talking the other day about when something happened. Full House. I was like, oh yeah, 20 years ago. I was like, no, wait, that was 30 years ago now. Never mind. Yeah, when people say that, we brought it up, I think, last episode. Austin Powers, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. If Austin Powers was made today, it'd be a, mo- a man that was frozen in the 1990s. But that's just because we hit 2021. So it would have to be somebody that was frozen in 1991. Still. In the 19, 1991 was still basically the 80s. True. Yeah. Did anybody else have any other ones? No. I, I got another one. John, do you have? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, everybody knows 
James Bond. Oh, but yeah. do people do people remember his nephew of the same name? No, he was called James Bond. Jr. James Bond Junior. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any I, sense. I had never. I knew this cartoon existed, but I never watched it. I watched it a lot, and I was confused a lot during it because he'd always referred to his uncle James Bond, and I never understood why he also was named James Bond. Because I have, my name is John. I have two Uncle Johns that are not John Weatherwaxes. They're, you know, John Grover and John Newhall. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. Uh, But this was a teenager in a prep school who has a friend who makes inventions for him named IQ. who goes up against all these kind of James Bond-esque villain side characters. Like, Jaws is one of the villains in it. And it was one of those ones that, like, we would... Like, my sister and I would watch every either afternoon when they were, you know, being shown again or Saturday mornings. And it just was like... It was one that we watched, but it was one of those ones I never had any toys from... But I just remember watching it and always being like, "I wonder what the, I wonder what James Bond movies are <laughs> are like," and it always made me question that. Did you ever figure it out? Yeah, because I started watching James Bond movies, and I was like, "This is nothing like the cartoon. That guy's got a dirty dick." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, the completely not sidebar, but. It, it fits in this discussion. Do you remember when Fox Kids did the Godzilla cartoon after the Matthew Broderick, like, 2000 yeah. Godzilla movie? Yeah. I saw that cartoon before the actual Godzilla movie. So I was really weirded out by the fact that I was like, no, like, where's the kids that's friends with Godzilla? But that was one of the baby Godzillas. It was just bizarre. <laughs> what's What's funny is... I had seen Godzilla movies before the regular Godzilla. And then I watched that cartoon before I watched the Godzilla movie. I was like 15 before I actually watched that Broderick one. Cause I looked at it and went, nah, this is a pass. I don't think I'm going to watch this. I saw that Broderick one in movie theater in a theater. I, I saw that over at uh, Maddie's house. Cause it was on like VHS, like, and he got it. So, like, because I was aware of Godzilla before that, like, the actual, like, old school, like, kaiju mm-hmm. movies. But, yeah, the cartoon was more on my radar than the actual, like, remake. Actually, no, that was, like, 1996, I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I said 2000s. Well, because I think it was called Godzilla 2000 is the name of the movie with Matthew Broderick. Possibly. Um, that could be it. I remember he ate a truck full of Doritos in it. Yes, yes, or she did because it was it was a Mama Godzilla. Uh, but my next one is a kind of weird pick. Uh, this did have a cartoon, but it was only like one episode. Uh, everyone remembers playing with little green army men. You get the bag of them from mm-hmm. the dollar store. A lot of a lot of fun stuff to be had with that. 
But I was a bigger fan of, like, weird monsters and aliens and shit. So I was super excited when they came out with Monster in My Pocket, which was a pseudo blind bag or blind box uh, toy set where you would know, like, two of, like, four monsters that you would be getting in that packet. And then the other two were, like, blocked out. So you didn't know what they were going to be. And they were just dumb little rubber collectible toys. And I absolutely loved these things. And I wanted to collect the whole set. And I never did. And semi-recently, I actually looked online. I was like, oh, I'm an adult now. I have money. I can probably find these things. They actually sell for a lot of money because a lot of... rare? Well... Rare because, again, they were all bought by dumb shit kids that were like, oh, it's just rubber. I'm going to chew on this. I'm going to bury it in the backyard. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But also made rare by the fact that a lot of the monsters that they were doing were actually based off of deities and other religions. And then they are like, whoa, this this ain't right. So then they kind of moved away from that. And then they went a little bit more safe route where it's like, ooh, spooky spider. And at that point, the franchise kind of died. But I don't remember, like, how many of, like, the vampire I had where he's, like, holding his cape out. I absolutely love these things. And the fact that they did do or tried to do a cartoon where it was telling the story of good monsters fighting against evil monsters. But then a spell shrank everybody to an inch tall and then they had to count on kids to help them. Hence the monster in my pocket name. It's bizarre. And again, one of those things that you only got into because it was a toy. So wait, uh, you're saying they had the they famous had numbers. One. They had numbers on the back. So then you knew what number you had and you yeah. can check it off the list. And they would come in like four different colors. So you might be able to get the vampire, but all, if all the vampires you get are in yellow, you, you want that green or the red or the blue vampire because yeah. they were just like injection molded rubber toys. And it was so hard to like talk people into buying them for you because they literally just weren't posable. It was just a static figure and you don't know which ones you're getting. So why would you be buying more of these? I got two boxes once. And it was like the first time I stayed with my grandma Weatherwax and my grandfather Weatherwax. And my grandma Weatherwax bought me them, I think, to shut me up because, you know, I was like a 10-year-old and I just met her for the first time. And uh, I just remember like, yeah, you can get me these. And like, because my parents wouldn't buy me for them because they were expensive pieces of crap. And I got, like, the Phantom of the Opera in one. Oh, the Phantom one was cool. <laughs> the Wolfman was my favorite, though, because he was just, like, pause, like, pause out. And I got, like, a reptilian cra- uh, character that was doing a cartwheel. And I remember, like, Bride of Frankenstein or a female vampire. Like, those are the ones I remember from it. And I just remember that the purple, uh, the purple, um... Phantom of the Opera was number 12. <laughs> like, I, I haven't thought about those, Chris, in probably 15 to 20 years when I threw them out because I was like, I don't need these anymore. Yeah, it's again, that's why they're so expensive online. 
<clears throat> because just do you guys remember um, like the mask figures? Nope. Okay, it was another the, the, the little the little like luchador wrestling guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah had some it was the same thing. They were all just pale rubber figures, and they'd come in like plastic garbage can. Yeah. Wait, are you guys uh, talking about Funko Pops? No, no. Oh, okay. Those are non-posable uh, figures. They're they're not little rubber. Figures. Oh, but they're not. Listen little. to the whole thing. Listen to. We listen to you. Yeah, I'm some sometimes. I've been listening. I've been very quiet. Uh, I've been very patient. I wasn't allowed to have toys as a child, and you guys are rubbing it in. <laughs> I had a slinky once, and I straightened it. Um, Half a slinky. Let's not. Let's not go crazy. But uh, yeah, uh, monsters in my pocket. F- four series of them. Series three had like a dozen that were unreleased due to cultural issues um and looking at them now i'm like Wait, what year oh, was that uh, this was 1992 are you saying cancel culture has been with us since 1992 and we're only hearing about it now uh no you proud of yourself with that one yes, I am. <laughs> Very proud. Just, just looking at these it's it's reawakening that feeling in me again where it's like man i so the pop so the famous one is pokemon i'm guessing and this forgotten one is monsters in my pocket i i went a little bit more broad with army men because they're okay. literally i'll i'll send you pictures once we're once we wrap this up because they were literally just rubber figures I that had no, no detail what these are no color. i really have no recollection of this i good job parents you hey, you, may, you let me avoid that. It's okay that you don't. I remember I'm glad that John did, so I'm not the only person that remembers. But everyone has one of these things. Let us know what yours is. Email us over at beggedboardcast at gmail.com or comment on our show notes for this page when we put it up over on our, either our Instagram or our Facebook. Let us know what we missed because chances are pretty good. We love this thing too, but it wasn't our favorite, so it was one of the forgotten's. Did you guys have any honorable mentions? Conan the Adventurer, the uh, animated series. That one was really good with a star metal. That was star metal like, that showed off the snake people, so like the lizard people. Yep. Um, I almost went with Pirates of Dark Water. Ooh, See, I did too. Because, really but I was good. like, I people still remember that, right? That's the people only reason I knew what pomegranates that. were in my in, as an adult. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Uh, that was the first time I ever heard of a pomegranate. I didn't have one for until like ten or fifteen years after that. <laughs> Wait, that's I thought you that knew what Conan. it was. I thought that was come from Conan and the Phoenix. Was this up? Maybe it was. They they were very similar in my mind. I think they came out around the same time. I thought it was like that weird bug bug dude. No, because it was the monkey bird. Yeah, the monkey bird. Oh. He was always. Why did you say bug dude? Oh, he kind of looked like a bug. No needle. Uh, I'm on the Wikipedia page for Conan. Needle is the phoenix that loved pomegranates. It's pomegranates? A, yeah. All right. Yeah, then. Needle speaks in the those, third person, those... often giving nicknames. Uh, he loves and loves the pomegranates. It's like. Uh, Pirates of Dark Water had something like that, too. I still remember what it was. So those, I mean, those shitty cartoons were bad enough that they blurred into one. 
Uh, mine was Count Duckula. My oh. sister and I used to love watching Count Duckula, and when they remastered him and put him out on DVD, I bought him for her for her birthday or Christmas, and then I let I borrowed him from her and never gave him back. Uh, uh, Needler is yeah, a, I'm a- <laughs> is a name for for the monkey bird, and he his favorite, his favorite food was a uh, Minga melons. I don't know what Minga melons are. It was well, probably they just pomegranate. They couldn't use pomegranate. 